if we were playing Jeopardy, the question would be, who is going to be USC's starting offensive line in 2023? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. And if you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done so yet, why not? Hey, hit that subscribe button. It would mean a whole heck of a lot. If you like the episode, hit that thumbs up. And because Locked On USC, we come at you five times a week. Hit that bell notification. That way you won't miss an episode. And to all of the subscribers who have already done so, all of that, thank you so very, very, very much. This episode of Locked On USC is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on today to get started. So... If we were playing Jeopardy, the question would be, Alex, I'll take who is USC's starting five on the offensive line in 2023? Well, that is not the daily double question Lincoln Riley wanted to be hit with on Tuesday. So unless there is a small miracle, uh, Cortland Ford will not be one of the starters. Uh, Last year's starting left tackle. He started the season at left tackle. He ended the season as the starter at left tackle. In between, uh, he was injured and he lost his his job. Uh, but again, he, he ended up earning it back at the end of the season he, as the starting left tackle in the Cotton Bowl. So he's not even going to be on the team, apparently, uh, this coming season. Uh, I, I've been hinting about this for weeks. And on Tuesday, uh, around 2 o'clock, Lincoln Riley and Cortland Ford met in Riley's office, had a a meeting. And about an hour later, I'm arriving at my spot for practice, spring camp, day number 13. Thursday, final practice. Saturday is the spring game. And I get a message. Sources letting me know that... uh, is done. No more, no miracle and no more Cortland Ford. And oh, by the way, let me just add a little footnote to this right now, real quick. Uh, there's smoke kind of getting thick with regards to Ethan White, the transfer from Florida. Uh, his transfer buddy, Michael Tarquin, um, he, he spoke after practice and he didn't sound at least overly enthusiastic with his responses when he was asked about his future teammate, um, you know, how he looked forward to playing. Has he been talking with them? So all I can say to that is stay tuned. There's been some, like I said, there's been some smoke swirling in the air. People have been sniffing around, seeing where it's coming from. But for now, you know, let's just add Cortland Ford, to Andrew Voorhees and Bobby Haskins and Brett <coughs> Brett Nealon 
uh, who are all gone from last year's rotation. And while we're walking down memory lane, since we're talking about uh, Cortland Ford right now, that 2023, excuse me, that 2020 recruiting class that had 12 players, looking pretty anorexic right about now. Uh, here's who is still around. You have Jonah Monheim, big impact key contributor, Andrew Malek, who I spoke with after practice, by the way, Jamar Sakona, Kobe Pepe, and Andrew, uh, excuse me, Andres to work. No, Kobe Pepe had uh, entered the portal earlier. He's still out there working his butt off around, you know, during practice. So I guess we're going to find out, uh, is he going to be part of the roster when spring camp is over? Um, when players can officially enter the portal. So in that 2020 class, uh, Cortland was part of a six-man offensive line class. Um, and so he's going to be the third guy from that group to leave. And I'm not talking about to the NFL draft. I'm talking about leaving the program. He's joining Casey Collier and uh, Caden Steven was the other and then you also had Gary Bryant, who was in the transfer portal. You had the punter, Parker Lewis. So that wasn't a, as far as a return on your investment, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it's not, it's not showing up. I mean, right now you've got Tuli Tuiapolotu, who's going to be in the NFL. Uh, pretty confident Jonah Monheim. But as far as USC developing players, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out what's going to happen with, uh, you know, is, is Andrew Malek going to make it? Is Jamar Sakona? Are these NFL guys? Kobe Pepe? Andrew, Andres to work? Uh, as I mentioned, I spoke with uh, Malek after practice. Um, he's seen seven guys from his class leave. And I mentioned only two he's gone to the NFL. You know, and I asked him, you know, what does the loss of Ford mean to him and to the old line room? And he, you know, he had he had a longer answer, but let me just summarize with the two words that really stuck out. And he said, "It sucks." So, this is what you have in the offensive line room right now. You have Mason Murphy, Michael Tarquin, Jonah Monheim, Jared Kingston, transfer, uh, who also with Michael Tarquin. And then you have Elijah Page, the early enrollee. Uh, those would be the, I guess, the top of the food chain right now to play the tackle spots. You have Justin Dietrich, obviously, and then Andrew Malek going one and two at the center spots. And then interior-wise, um, Jonah, Gino Quinones, Jared Kingston, he can also play inside. Uh, I mentioned to work. And then you have a few true freshmen who aren't even on campus yet. And then question mark, Ethan White. So number-wise, they appear to be okay. But how comfortable is Caleb Williams uh, with the bookends? You know, it's kind of unsettled right now. Does this push, you know, not push, but uh, I guess, you know, is Mason Murphy your 1A or 1B at, at the uh, left tackle spot? 
And I guess if Michael Tarquin's been seeing a lot of action there in the spring, one of those guys is 1A and 1B. I guess your other option is putting Mason Murphy at left tackle and then backing him up with, again, the true freshman, Elijah Page. He looks the part already. I mean, he's, he's a true freshman, but he looks like he uh, he looks the part. He looks like what you want a USC tackle to look like when he gets to USC. By the end of the year, when he gets to his sophomore year, he'll really look the part. So um, that's one that's one thing you can consider. You can ha- leave Michael Tarquin staying more at his right tackle position, which I think is his more natural spot. And I've heard that's where he's played his best so far in the spring. Um, so again, I'm not sure if Riley saw this coming or not, but I don't think it's a good look. Uh, not necessarily for him, but for USC. I mean, when you've got a... Well, and maybe a little bit for Riley. You know, recently he's been talking very highly about Ford, uh, despite him not even being able to to really participate much during the spring camp because of of a small procedure he had, I believe it was on his hand or wrist back in February. Um, And Lincoln said, you know, Ford's really improved his body. And, And let's not forget, going back to when he arrived, he started one game at guard as a freshman. He started eight games in 2021. He started the first three games at left tackle in 2022. And then again, he also finished the season starting in the Cotton Bowl. So he dealt with injuries in between. He was battling with the Virginia transfer last year, Bobby Haskins. And as of now, Ethan White, as I mentioned, he's expected to join the team, but there's smoke signals that are kind of everywhere saying that maybe the tea leaves are indicating that Lincoln Miley, Lincoln Riley uh, might be portal hunting for the O-line room. He might need a couple of veterans. So um, I, I think some light has been shed on why the defense has been having some success in the backfield so far this spring. I'm not saying they're, they're not better, but it, Obviously, the offensive line is a little bit unsettled right now. So uh, I guess the question is, Houston, do we have a problem? You won't have a problem if you head on over to FanDuel. Because they are America's number one sports book. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays, they're back. And there's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than FanDuel. That's because right now, new customers, you can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up. Place your bet, your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So if you're a prop bet, check it out. They, They got a bunch of different ways you can bet. You know me. I'm looking for any way I can uh, take a pot shot at uh, my favorite manager of my favorite team who uh, just really knows how to, anyways. You'll love FanDuel. Don't miss your chance um, 
to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com forward slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right. Um, spring practice resumed on Tuesday. On Monday, as I let everybody know, on yesterday's episode of Locked On USC, Lincoln Riley had had an impromptu open practice session for the media. Yeah, I wasn't around. Anyways, back on regular schedule Tuesday, practice report. Uh, I keep, you know, look, I've been hearing great things about Solo, Solomon Tuliapuku. And I keep hearing great things before Tuesday's practice. I got another message uh, that he's been tearing it up. I mean, killing it. So we're going to keep an eye on the new defensive end uh, slash rush end. Um, and when I saw Solo today going to practice, he had a new haircut. He shaved it off. So if you thought he was intimidating before, and if you've ever seen him with his game face on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, well, he's playing. He looks like a D lineman. He's playing like one. And uh, like I said, Solo with a shaved head, killing it, conjures up some violent images. When I spoke with, uh, I mentioned I spoke with Andrew Malek after practice. Uh, he said the defensive lineman that's been impressing him was Kobe Pepe, who's having a really good camp. Now, keep in mind, just to kind of keep things in a perspective, and I'm not denying it, but Kobe Pepe is one of the guys who came into USC as part of that 2020 class with Andrew. So uh, he, as far as I know right now, Kobe is still was, or he's, is he still in the transfer portal? And uh, what's up when that window actually opens on May 1st and players are kind of blown all over the place? Is Kobe going to still be around? If you ask Andrew, he should stick around. He's having a really good camp. There were a lot of high school recruits hanging out at practice on Tuesday. Uh, as, as well as there was a handful of former Trojan players. Stephon Johnson was there. Uh, Taylor Mays spotted him up, gave him a big old huge hug. And with, within those recruits, uh, Coy Beasley, he's a safety prospect from Cincinnati. He was getting a lot of love from Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley. <clears throat> excuse me, after practice. So, you know, he, he, Coy Beasley has been out here on his own dime for a while now. I know he was at, out there over the weekend, and he's still out here. So apparently there's a lot of interest between both parties. And I know special teams, well, special teams, I know this. Let me remind the, the viewers and the listeners. When... When the media is allowed into practice, the first group we see immediately 
are the special teams groups. And right inside, you walk through Goo Gate, you're watching the kick returners, and they're receiving kicks. And uh, this time, um, Quentin Joyner was, uh, was receiving the kick, and Lincoln Riley was actually standing with this group, paying attention to what was going on. He was watching intently. And after a joiner uh, read the kick and returned it, and he came back uh, to get in line. Riley took a few moments to talk with him and then kind of tapped him on the helmet and, uh, you know, gave him one of those attaboy good job things. So uh, for those who think that uh, Lincoln Riley doesn't care about special teams, boom, there you go. He was uh, paying extra attention to special teams on Tuesday. I also, because basically it's because of proximity, uh, the defensive backs, those drills take place uh, pretty much right in front of us. And there was a hold your breath for like half a second moment with Zion Branch, um, who the, the DBs were going through a drill where they line up in like press coverage. And when he went uh, to put his hands on the guy in front of him, his foot slipped and he, I guess, you know, ground gave out and he fell to the ground. And it was like, it was like, <gasps> he popped right back up. There was nothing wrong. He just lost his footing. Um, but the, as you go through that drill, it's like I said, it's like a press coverage where you're, you, you're if you're pressing off the, the guy in front of you and then you're racing towards that big rolling donut and you're tackling it. Zion tackles with violent intentions. Like he wants to rip that thing in half. And it's not just him, by the way. All, all the DBs are really focusing on their tackling technique. So it was fun to watch that go on during practice. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, same thing when I was watching the linebackers. Oh, by the way, uh, belated happy birthday to Rajon Davis, who got to celebrate with uh, Tekka Curtis. One of the drills they have is the linebackers, they drop into coverage, and then uh, they, when the ball is thrown to the other linebacker, who's, I guess, kind of off in the flat, the linebacker who's dropping back, then angle pursuits and form tackles. Well, Rajon Davis got a birthday present from Tacker Curtis, who form tackled him to the ground. Beautiful. And when you know when you see those two walking together after practice, they're friends. Um, you can really see how big Tacker Curtis is as a true freshman. Uh, he, he's actually slightly bigger than Rajon is already. Letting people know what I see. That's not a knock. I'm just letting you know. Tack is a big guy for someone his age, his size. You know, he's a fresh, true freshman. Uh, someone else who uh, looks really good. The more I see Jack Sullivan, defensive lineman transfer from Purdue, the more impressed I am with how big he is. Full-grown man. And yeah, his mustache has something to do with it, but... He's a big body, uh, and I think he, he's kind of flying under the radar as far as um, getting, you know, people talking about him, about what he's going to be able to bring to the table. 
But I would look to see what he's going to bring to the table in the spring game for everyone who's watching on the Pac-12 Network games at 12 o'clock or for all of you who are going to be in the Coliseum. It's free. Uh, when the defensive line, though, they were going through their drills, they were working on hand placement. They were really attacking the uh, the blocking sled that was up against the wall. And, you know, I'm a good, I'd say 75, 80 yards away, but you could, through the music that's coming in over the loudspeakers, you could hear those guys hitting it hard, popping it. And the hand placements had to be perfect or they had to do it again. So everything about spring camp, you know, as far as the defense is concerned, all about technique, fundamental. We know the two groups last year that that seemed to underwhelm, underperform, was the defense and special teams. Well, there's a lot of attention, a lot of focus going on with those two, those two groups uh, this spring. And I think that's what everybody wants to hear. <clears throat> During uh, the when right when the team finishes their, I call it their uh, skip and stretch session. You know, they're going through their their calisthenics or stretching, and they're doing little five, ten yard burst jogs, just loosening up. They the the defense, the offense goes off over to the Howard Jones Field. The defense stays on Brian Kennedy, and they start they 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 kind of huddle up the defense and they start doing their little, you know, wartime chant, getting ready for their pursuit, hustle drill. And you have, you know, first team, second team, third team. Well, on one of those groups, um, apparently uh, Bookie Radley, Coach Bookie, didn't like uh, the way one of the players, the effort from one of the players. So he made him do uh, 10 push-ups after his group finished uh, finished their, their their cycle through the through the drill. All I'll say it was a defensive back. That's all. I'm not going to give out a specific name. But it was kind of fun to, to see Bookie, uh, you know, kind of, hey, you know what? Give me 10. Like, all right. And he brings a lot of energy. Um, between him and Dante Williams and Alex Grinch, those guys are hearing a lot of chirping. There's always a voice talking. And I think that's good. You know, someone's always, to me, that's telling the player, someone's always watching them. So raise your standard. Speaking of raising the standard, Lincoln Riley kind of addressed that after practice. As far as the gold plating, you know, getting that uh, Trojan logo on your helmet. Uh, last year, the standard was different. This year, it's been raised. So players who you might anticipate already having one, don't. Lincoln Riley said, hey, you know, last year was last year. This year we've raised the standard. And so players have to uh, to, to meet those standards to get that logo on their helmet. Uh, look, the, the wide receivers are going to be good this year. Duh, right? <laughs> um, Mario Williams, he, he spoke briefly after practice. And... Remember when he came when he got to college, he was a two-sport star and he talked about playing baseball at USC. Well, he decided he's hanging up his baseball cleats. He's going to focus on football. Quote, I'm trying to get ready to look further in life. I'm going to stick with football. It was it was hard. Uh the decision. I still love baseball, 
I wish I could go out there and play right now. There's more stuff in life that you gotta that you have to overcome and work hard to get to go to get to where you want to get to go. Yeah, Mario. End quote. Um, so it got me thinking real quickly. I wonder if he's going to pass on any of that wisdom to Deuce Robinson when he gets here. Speaking of wide receiver room, um, because you know, being a two-sport star in high school. That's one thing. Doing it at an elite level at a place like USC, completely different. Because not only is USC going to want 100% of Juice's time, the baseball team's going to want that as well. And I don't know how many players are capable of doing it. I'm not saying he can't, but it's it's going to require a lot of discipline. No. Maybe he'll be a DH in, in college. Who knows? But uh, it, it, it's going to be something that Deuce is really going to have to figure out uh, if it's something he's going to be able to do and be able to, to give 100% on both sports. Because remember, football takes a lot out of you. And when it's time to play baseball, um, he's not going to want to cheat his teammates who are, who are over there. It's kind of like Austin over. I don't think he's ever going to play football, and I don't think he has to. He's an elite baseball player. He's an elite athlete. I asked Lincoln Riley uh, after practice uh, what his mentor, Mike Leach, would have said um, had he been around, when he rest in peace, about him and Cliff, Kings, uh, Cliff Kingsbury working together at USC, you know, because their paths first crossed together at Texas Tech. And Riley, you know, he was laughing with, with the question because it's like, quote, I've got to go with a G-rated version answer here. Deep down, he would really like it. He would come up with a really clever, probably really fairly crude remark to describe it. He would have a funny take on it. But deep down, I think he would enjoy it. I think he always took some pride in seeing guys getting together. And I know he'd enjoy, he'd enjoy it a lot more if we had a lot of success together. Hopefully we can get that done and make that come to fruition. End quote. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, segment three. Let's move on. I think that was... I'm going to... I want to end the uh, previous segment on that quote because... Uh, I don't know. I, it was just good words from, from Lincoln thinking back to, to his mentor, Mike Leach. So on uh, Wednesday, I don't know when the episode will actually be published. I'm going to be doing a, I'm going to be taping an episode of Locked On Pac-12 with our good friend, Spencer McLaughlin, to talk about Cliff Kingsbury. So there, there's your segue from segment two to segment three. And what, what does it mean bringing Cliff into the program? You're going to have to tune in to Locked On Pac-12 to find out 
I spoke about it briefly on Locked on USC on yesterday's episode, so you can go back and and watch or listen to it from there as well. But uh, obviously now I'll be talking at talking to somebody who might have a different perspective, and we'll have a little give and take. So make sure you check that out. Also, make sure you check out uh, Locked on College Basketball as well. That should be up and running on Wednesday over there on YouTube. I was talking with Isaac Shade about Boogie Ellis. So go check that out. Locked on USC, your expert across the country. Ow. Sorry. Anyways, um, moving on. Look, I typically I, I save my rants for Friday, and this really isn't a rant, but when I I put out a tweet when the news broke that Cliff Kingsbury was coming on board to be an offensive analyst and work with Lincoln Riley and the quarterback room specifically, Kayla Williams. And so I put out a tweet asking, how many points per game do you think USC can score when Lincoln Riley and Cliff put their minds together and come up with an offensive game plan? Well, I kind of knew I was going to get some reaction, but you guessed it. The strongest reaction was coming from Jilted Lover You. Boomer Sooner. Come on, people. Get over it. Love the one you're with. I hear Brent Venables is a really good head coach, according to you guys. He's a defensive genius. And I don't know why you guys were giving up so many points at home last year. It's almost like Lincoln Riley was your head coach, the way you guys are talking. Anyway, look, USC is going to have a very prolific offense, period. Especially if they get the offensive line figured out. And I'm talking I'm talking to Oklahoma Sooner fan right now. I'm talking to everybody, but I'm specifically talking to you, Oklahoma fan. You need to get over this. Look, I understand you're upset. The way he left, you felt like, you know, he lied. You felt jilted. Right now, Lincoln Riley is saying all the right things, and he's making the effort to do the right things. He's strengthening, you know, his the, his coaching staff. Um, and when you, for all of you Oklahoma fans who go, well, yeah, you guys are still you're going to score a lot of points, but you're still going to give up a lot of points as long as you're still playing the same type of defense, yada, yada, yada. Well, look at it from this perspective. Look at it from an adult point of view. If Lincoln Riley can trust Cliff Kingsbury to handle some of the offensive game planning, working with the quarterbacks, scheming, all doing those, excuse me, those kinds of things. Don't you think that's going to free up Lincoln Riley to focus more on other aspects of the team that need, you know, more detail-oriented stuff from Lincoln Riley, like on the defense, like with special teams? Of course, it makes sense, right? Of course it does. Well, that's going to happen. You know, that's that's a role that, you know, Cliff can play, and it takes a little bit off of Lincoln's plate. Uh, don't forget, Lincoln also brought in a very experienced 
um, defensive analyst earlier before Cliff Kingsbury and Greg Brown. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that uh, Lincoln was paying attention to special teams. Uh, I also observed him at practice on Tuesday watching the defense, what they're doing. So, again, yes. Lincoln Wright, look, the point is this still, Sooner fans, and I know this is probably what bugs the heck out of you. Lincoln Riley is still a young head coach, and he's learning how to be a great young head coach. And he's a lot closer to that than Brent Venables. I'm not saying Brent won't get there, but I think at a place like USC, Lincoln's going to break through that ceiling sooner than later. So there. I still appreciate you watching it and listening to the show. Keep it up. Tell a friend. And with that, there's another episode of Locked on USC in the books. Thank you once again for watching. Don't forget, five times a week, so come back. And don't forget, wearesc.com. We've got a subscription special going over there. Go check it out. A lot, a lot of recruiting information. And we'll have a lot of written content going up as well, going on regarding spring camp. Portland Ford, what does that mean with the offensive line? So everything's free here, but if you want some other stuff, go check it out. Until then, everyone, you know what to do.